You done? <laughs> I hope so. It's me too. <laughs> Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Gale. Oh, he's speedy Bob Galen. We're on a mission for a quick intro. A quick intro. Because we've got some feedback that we like quick, quick intros versus 10-minute So first, first order of business is we have- Our sponsors. We have a sponsor that we need to mention. It's TechWell, mm-hmm. and it's the Agile Development Practices Conference is coming up. We're at one in Vegas. Yeah, we're on the West Coast one. We're on the West Coast one in the, in the spring-summer one, and then in the fall in November- 6th through 9th. November 5th through 10th. 5th through 10th. I was in the ballpark. You were close enough. In Orlando, Florida, there's going to be another one. Uh, and We'll be there. We'll be there. Uh, it's a great place to learn, to share, to collaborate. Good food, good people. Uh, Mickey is in town, <laughs> and we're enticing you. And it's early bird time, so you can have an early bird sign up and get a discount. And, oh, by the way, beyond that... What do we got for him, Josh? Use the promo code CAST, C-A-S-T. That is C-C-C-A-A-A-S-S-S-T-T-T, CAST, to get 200 buckaroos off. And it helps us from a from a sponsor perspective. So we'd love to see you down there. Absolutely. We're going to be there. We'd love to meet every one of you. So if you didn't get a chance to come out to Vegas and see us, we'll be in Orlando together again, recording episodes, doing talks, doing everything we can to help people out. Otherwise, second point of uh, reference is get the word out there about the Metacast. Come on. If you're listening and you're getting value, pass it to your friends, send it to your mom, send it to your dad. Uh, slide it under your, when your kid has a tooth that's missing. Instead of p- putting money under the pillow, put a little link to the URL of Metacast and get them. You're never too early to listen to the Meta. It's never too young to listen. To and this Medicaid. is a great one. It will appeal to all because this episode is about fun. And it is about fun. So on to the episode. It's F F F U U U N N N fun. On to the episode. Welcome to the Medicast. <laughs> I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. So for those of you that were wondering what happened there, Bob had a bottle of water. And I said, I'm not going to start until you take a drink. And he said, are you ready? So I start going. And then as I, I start saying, I he raised, starts taking a drink. I raised the bottle. Yeah. So, uh, but Do you people see what I have to deal with? No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't. They don't see it. But we're working on video. We are. But let's move on. So the so this episode, we I'll just chime in. Okay. Okay. You would never. You've never done that before. Metacasters, we want to discuss fun. What the notion of celebration, the notion of taking a pause, of stopping and smelling the coffee or the roses. And how important that is in Agile teams. Josh, do you have anything to offer? Sounds exciting. So do you, do you have any fun? Boy, you're making me want to work for you because I can tell you're stretching <laughs> for this. Please let me work for you, Josh, because it sounds like it would be not fun. No, it's something that came up yesterday. So Bob was leading a um, Agile leadership workshop yesterday. And actually, we even talked about it in our 
football and agile session about the importance of celebrating and stopping and pausing because scrum can be such a monotonous thing. Every two weeks you do the same thing week in, week out, sprint in, sprint out. It's the same thing. And it's like you look forward and there's no end in sight, right? You just, you just fast forward. We're on sprint number 20 right now. And you can envision a world where you're on sprint 250 and nothing's changed, right? You're still going two weeks at a time. Actually, it's, we, we just finished recording a Metacast that's on Kanban and it's even worse in my mind in Kanban. So, ne- so in Scrum, you're like sprint, 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 sprint. And unless you do something, or decide something, you'll never take a break. I've seen teams that sprinted themselves to mm-hmm. Noah back for years, and then they're like, <laughs> and they're exhausted, and they're like, is this what we're supposed to do? They asked me as a coach, it's like, is this, is this the best it'll ever be? <laughs> and, and they're like almost, they're almost dead. And I'm like, no, you could take, can we ever take a break? And I'm like, well, of course you can. I'm like, why haven't you? And they're like, well, it wasn't in the book. And, yeah. and, and then, back to kanban kanban is like flow so if scrum is is prescriptive from yeah, a the work perspective human the flow diagram is really going to suck if you it take never, a break it never stops right <laughs> so so when does flow stop like look at a river it never does <laughs> so when does a kanban team stop never right uh right otherwise it sort of interrupts things and i think in both cases um it's it's a common mistake now teams may force themselves to take a break or someone may call in sick because mm-hmm. they need a they need a day, day to themselves but uh i think i think taking one aspect of fun or one aspect of sort of you know celebrating things is giving the team a pause every once in a while mm-hmm. uh, eye contact oh, I, everyone medicasters you always hear me using it but it's a it's an example it's a real example there we always took a break between releases so our releases were about uh, our release train was 10 weeks long. So every 10 weeks, we would have a two-week period, and we would release every 10 weeks. Then uh, that next two weeks, we would do things like prep for the next release, but we'd always make sure that people could take a break then. So we would have a hackathon. We had a two-day, we called it I-Days, but it was two. It, there was two to three days of I-Days that was hackathon time. Mm-hmm. That happened then. And people actually looked at that as a break. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a work break. We're not just schlepping bugs. We're working right. on something that we're interested in, and that recharged their batteries. We always made we always made sure to give people like a couple days off. Then just go hang out with your family, mm-hmm. and we'd almost have to kick people out sometimes right. <laughs> to do that. Yeah, but we we forced it. We we sort of encouraged slash forced that. We, we would always have a celebration. Uh, which was like, you know, go bowling or something mm-hmm. or, or give the teams money to do that. But we, that was another thing we did during that two week period of time is really, we were looking to at least try to recharge batteries a little bit. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of different layers. There's, there's the monotony of just the process of every two weeks and you start over. But I think there's also monotony within the ceremonies and ceremonies getting stale, right? So there's work and things you can do to, spice up the ceremonies or change up a stand up or do a retrospective a little bit differently or plan differently or do different things. Right. So don't fall into the trap of just having the same ceremony operate the same way in perpetuity. So that's a good point. Let's call it fun, but then let's say also Mm re-energize. And I think the ceremonies to your point, re-energizing the ceremonies on a sprintly basis or on a releasely basis uh, is a really good idea. What? Releasely. Releasely. I mean, I knew what you meant. It's just, yeah. It made me chuckle. I just made that up. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it was appropriate. But you, but doing that and, and that's where coaches could come in or leaders. We've talked in the past, you know, what's the role of the agile leader? Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the roles I, I wouldn't, but I'd give space for this stuff. I'd be poking at the teams. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd spend as much time or more time poking at the teams to have fun or to re-energize as I would to get stuff done. Right. Right. It's because they, they're so focused on getting stuff done that I was the counterpoint. And I think people look at managers as that's, that's the reverse. Managers should be beating the teams in the submission. And I actually think effectiveness is making sure that they're taking enough breaks so that they have, you know, continuity of workflow, that they have renewed energy. Yeah. And that's something that from a leadership perspective that the scrum, the really good scrum masters that I've worked with and agile coaches have been defenders of the teams and they would come to me and say, Hey, listen, you need to give this team, go, go send them on a lunch, go give them a team building thing, go do this, right? It's, it's time for them. So they would keep that pulse on each of those teams and they would come to me and say, Hey, listen, that budget, you have the slotted for that. It's time to spend that now. Yep. So that's something that we would do is we had a budget per team to support at least once a quarter for them to go do something and to do team team building and have it did be the team a thing. De- did the team decide? Yeah, the team decided what they were. So you had a budget, but you didn't – I was joking. I forget during this week you've heard me the bowling right. thing, and I embellish it. But, but it's a true story where at the end of our lease, I think at Eye Contact, we – we we found a wonderful one of these upscale bowling alleys that have wonderful drinks mm-hmm. and a restaurant mm-hmm. as well. Not just bowling food, but but real high quality food. Right. And we went there, but we for, we forced or it was my yeah was the whole concept our, of forced fun. Our forced fun. I yeah. did. I, you know. Well, we had a little committee, so it was. But it was still the same thing that we pulled a, a small group of people from the teams. We asked them what they'd want to do. We decided that it mm-hmm. would be bowling. Uh, we made the reservations. We had a budget mm-hmm. for everyone to go. And we're like, on this day, show up here. It ends here. Drink, bowl, be merry, have food, and have fun. Yeah. And uh, and then we were sort of forcing fun. And I don't. we learned over time as people challenged us, mm-hmm. thank goodness for that, is it was much more effective to give the team's budget – and allow them to determine what their fun was mm-hmm. instead of having global thermonuclear fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting and the feedback that would happen with our teams is, is a team would go do something and they would come back and say, that was great. And then that would become the thing that all the other teams would go do, you know, and then it would go through these cycles. Uh, right. I think somebody would try something new and come back and say, that was awesome. Right. And then six more teams would go do it. The other thing is it, it, it there's so many dynamics on the team. So, I'm a dinosaur, so bowling is fun. But you know, with with young millennials, it might be uh, go go to a gaming mm-hmm. or paintball or go on a hike. Right. Uh, the other thing with with mature millennials or people beyond that, what if one team has folks that has children at home, and so their fun might not be group based fun. There and and you need to actually make sure that the teams aren't doing groupthink. But let's say there's a millennial team that has a couple mature folks with a couple kids at home. Mm-hmm. Well, their fun might be the millennials go do this, uh, but then you give movie passes to the folks with families and say, "Here, here's babysitter money, and here's here's right here's money for dinner and a movie with your significant other who doesn't see you very often because you're you've worked really hard right. here." So it's that it's that personalized. So that's that's the thing I'm trying to say is. And I've seen agile teams. You have team think, 
but you want to have the sort of the the maturity to say not everyone mm-hmm. we're a team but we don't always have to have fun right a good team is a diverse team yeah. and it's going to be hard to repeatedly find fun that's appropriate for everyone even as a group right so if they're a really in sync group and they're open and they talk and everybody expresses themselves you're just going to have a hard time finding things repeatedly that work for everybody so accept that and work with that and enable it that's that's what that's what i'm saying i think another part of the fun is is being lighthearted mm-hmm. so i think we i try as a leader to and you know this i in my style i try i i try to poke fun at myself i try to be lighthearted i mm-hmm. joke i joke a lot uh, and what I'm trying to do is diffuse. I think software development is an incredibly challenging thing to do. Right. And, and the, you know, you're thinking and it's intense thinking and intense design. Uh, and so a few hours of that could burn you out just for the day. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm looking for, can we be lighthearted during the day? Mm-hmm. So encourage people to run through the offices or, uh, I used to, I remember once years ago, this was, it's probably not relevant with today's generations, but I noticed some teams that were really getting too serious and they were burning out. Mm-hmm. And I went to uh, Toys R Us and I got all these Nerf guns and things and Nerf gr- grenade mm-hmm. weapons and stuff. And I, I mean, I don't know how much money I, this was out of my pocket. And, right. And I, I bought like, you know, three or $400 worth of Nerf weapons and I brought it back too. And I just, I just dumped them in front of the teams yeah. and, and people like grabbed them. And some people ran outside and did like little wars and things, right? right. Of the building. Yeah. Uh, and, and little arrows were flying everywhere. Um, and it just diffused things. It just took the tension mm-hmm. and it took it down. It really had a wonderful effect in the team. Mm-hmm. And it was, just, it wasn't a vacation. It was just like, I don't know, 20 minutes. Right. But, but allowing, and even encouraging like little bits of time where we we just let our hair down, right? If you have hair, uh, <laughs> right? And you just you just allow you know frivolity, or you allow fun, or you allow silliness. Uh, and I think that ha- allow people to play games. Like- yeah, to me that that's that that helps with the team becoming a team, right? So if it's all work, 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 you never really get that bonding moment to where you really build the trust and working relationships that are really successful, right? Those, those are not forged strictly at a keyboard sitting next to each other, right? Those are, those are forged in open moments, fun moments outside of the office moments. You have to encourage those to happen. If you want your teams to be mature and really grow into high powered teams, it's not just hands on keyboard time, right? It's face to face time and smiles on faces time. And that, and letting the team discover that and do that on their own leads towards bigger successes. But you have to you have to give space for that to happen. Encouraging longer lunches or not discouraging longer lunches. Realizing that there's a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the encouraging. One thing I'd like to get your read out on this. One thing I used to do, I still do. I think you have to give space. So yeah. I think you nailed it. One way to give space is to actually be the example. So I've taken, and this is hard for me to do, is I've taken time off. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell the team, I'm taking a a mental health day tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'm hanging out with my kids. I'm going to do something. And it might be the... It might be the right the day before a major demo or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I trust you guys. I just need a break. What I've done, when I need a break, sometimes I'm also setting the example. I make sure that I communicate the why. Right. 
and I want people to realize if Bob can do it, mm-hmm. he what he's saying is it's not just Bob. We all can do that. Right. And we all should be taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes setting space is being the role model. And people think of the role model as being some, I'm the last person to leave the building, mm-hmm. right? I put in more hours than everyone else. I'm the, I'm the work role model will be the fun role model. Be right. Be the space. Be the permission role model where you're giving mm-hmm. people their permission. Any reactions to that? Yeah, I mean that, that's that's the one thing that um, I've had people that I've worked with where I, I I've like made them take vacations, right? And, and because they were like, "Well, I haven't taken a vacation in three years." I'm like, "That's ridiculous. Go, you know, go go try." There are some folks you actually have to force. And then when you set that example for you as the boss, when they say, oh, the boss is using his vacation. Exactly. Okay, then maybe I can do that. So it it took examples like that to where I finally got people to be comfortable just taking vacation, the things that they've earned, the things that they deserve. I've often, I, I think there's an important part of leadership is you, and I've written about this in giving space, like giving the team space to fail giving the team space to say, I don't know. I think it's giving the team space to, to have fun. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's an, an incredible, it's, it's a powerful thing of leaders is you you can say, but it doesn't have the, I mean, you could get into a meeting every month and you could remind people, you could have a spreadsheet, you pull out a spreadsheet and say, here, you know, there's people that haven't had, you know, there's 22 of 30 people have not had, va- you have accrued more vacation than you should. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to take your vacation. That sounds like the most Dilbert right. manager right? A 30, ever. Th- you know, the next month, yeah. I encourage you to take vacation. That's your words, but you can show mm-hmm. because it's incredibly hard. And the other part of showing is doing it in crunch mode. Right, has this effect. And I'm not saying do it in the most inappropriate mode. Right. But if you can do it in crunch mode and then you're trusting other people to cover for you, it's not only, it's not only permission for fun or permission for vacation. You're also saying we need to trust each other that it's not about Bob Galen. It's Mm -hmm. not about Josh. It's not about any one individual. We need to be comfortable covering for each other. Mm -hmm. Right. That's part of it. So that's part of space. How did how did we do with this one? This was so a- I, so we talked about fun. I think one thing that we need to talk about is also just celebrating, right? That's yeah. one thing that I've talked about. I've evolved in that, right? So I was not good at that when I started. It was the next sprint, the next sprint, the next sprint, right? That I'm was the sh- sports. I'm, I'm shocked. You background were- in me, right? Oh, that's and we yeah. were talking about that this week. Yeah. So the whole football thing is there's no time to celebrate there's the last no, week. There's right? no celebration in right. those. In no. those things, in a lot of the sports, right? Maybe, right. maybe if you win the big prize, which is unfortunate, you win the big prize at the end, but only one team does that. Otherwise, right. you just go, you know, that game to game, day right. to day, right? And so you, so you play a game at seven o'clock at night. You're done at eleven o'clock. Maybe you go grab a bite to eat, and then ten o'clock the next morning, you're in watching films and prepping for the next game. Yeah, right, because it's coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and so I was not good at celebrating those wins along the way because I was so focused on the next sprint, the next release, the next whatever. And that's something that wore on my teams. And it took my wife kind of slapping me in the head and saying, hey, dummy, listen, not everybody works like you. People need a break. Give them yeah. a stinking break and celebrate. And that opened my eyes to we need to celebrate along the way. So that's something that I've worked really hard to get better at, to not just celebrate the big things, but to celebrate the little things. One of the things that I do now at my company that's kind of become a thing is that 
we've come so far in eight or nine weeks that when we do something exciting, I pound the table and say, damn it, this is exciting. I'm going to tweet this, right? And I tweet it out right then. I take a picture. I do all this stuff. And yep. so everybody knows that's a big moment, right? Like he's, yeah, we're in the middle of a meeting, but daggone it, we got to celebrate this thing. I, I love that. There's a, you made me think, uh, there was a scrum master years ago. I worked at a company called Channel Advisor. Mm-hmm. And, and Jeb, I forgot, gosh, I forget his last name. But Bush. Jeb, was it Jeb Bush? No, <laughs> it wasn't Bush. But Jeb was a scrum master in our Atlanta team. And this was a remote team. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of a, a graphic artist to some degree. And he could do cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like he could draw Wiley ki- uh, cartoon characters mm-hmm. pretty realistically freehanded. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just a, a skill he had. And, uh, so every, so for his team down there, he, he wanted budget. I had to give him a little budget, but he bought a rugby ball at the end of every sprint. And every sprint had a name, like the Roadrunner mm-hmm. or Wiley or whatever. And he would then decorate, he had, they got a case or they had an area where they would, uh, d- d- display the balls mm-hmm. and he would, uh, he would, do it and have the team sign it. And that was their little celebration, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a big deal, but it can be, that was important to them. Uh, and then they would take a picture of it mm-hmm. and I would pass it around the office up in, in Raleigh Durham mm-hmm. because it's like, how cool was this? And then it was cumulative, right? Like you could see the different characters over the time. And it was to me. So what I'm trying to say is it's the celebration, but the more you can make it team based, the more you can bring creativity. That's just an example. What struck me there was the creativity, the gen- yeah. the uniqueness, the creativity. I think leaders and teams need to sort of look for those opportunities, those little mini celebrations. T-shirts is another thing. At the end of releases uh, at, at another company, we would have – we had an artist, and he would hand design – so we would have a release theme, mm-hmm. and he would design a, a T-shirt cover, if you will, related to the theme – and then we would use that as a template for printing T-shirts, mm-hmm. and it became this thing. And then we would just we would have one, and we would have everyone sign it mm-hmm. and put it in a display case. This was on a release, so four times a year or right. something like that. But those the teams. It's I'm telling stories, Metacaster, but Metacasters. But I'm telling it because it's not my story. It's I'm thinking about the way the teams reacted, the way their eyes lit up, the way they took pride in it. Uh, the way that was an important s- sort of celebration for them, the, the creating of it. It was like icing on the cake. Yeah, the one thing that stuck oddly at my last job was clapping. So in a stand-up, when you would move a story to done, we would clap. And then there would be times when someone from a team would get up, walk over to their board, and move a sticky over to done. And the whole room would start clapping. Like one... One person would see it and they'd start clapping and they'd be like, oh, they finished the story. And then clapping would, would go on and it would get into this thing. And then this weird thing that happened and I got way too into this, but it would be like, you would want to be the last one to clap. So everybody would get done clapping and then some random clap would happen and we'd be like, oh no, I've got to be the last one to clap. So it would go on for a ridiculous amount of time. But it, number one, it recognized that a team got something done. Right. And two, it made a little break and it put a smile on people's faces, right? Because not only was it smiling because it was clapping, but then those last claps became a little bit of like a silly thing that went on and on and on forever. Absolutely. Or it's team to team at, uh, at eye contact again. I, I keep saying that, but we would have little golf claps 
for every story that got to mm-hmm. done. And you could actually tell, and, and the different teams would meet in different areas of the building. Uh, so you'd hear, so as we were, I could actually, as a manager, I could tell how we were progressing mm-hmm. to sprints just based on the, the clap patterns. Right, yeah. Right? And, and it was one team, but the other teams could hear the patterns. So it wasn't, I'm not, I'm not trying to describe it. It wasn't competitive, but it was appreciative. Like one team would clap for another, to your mm-hmm. point, it was the teams would build onto it. Yeah. Uh, or a team would clap for another team if there was a dependency mm-hmm. or something. Anything, we're giving you ideas, Metacasters, because that's the, I think it's the little stuff. Yeah, it is the little stuff. It's not a big celebration. It, it's, it's just those little, things that become part of your culture of how you celebrate, right? Getting some, some weird little habit that is yours, that is your team that recognize success. Even, even celebrate failure and then celebrate repair at channel advisor. Um, we had a gong, uh, that when the build was broken, someone would go over and hit the gong and then when it was fixed again someone would go over and like double tap the gong Mm -hmm. and when i say a gong i'm talking about like you know a copper circular like two two and a half feet in diameter i think i think we were in shipping we were in e-commerce so somehow someone had shipped some some person in the history of the company had bought a gong and had it shipped to the engineering facility and we just like took it over and it became our build gong mm-hmm. and 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 if and, you know and people would beat on and it was a celebratory gong mm-hmm. as well but you would have to actually get up right it, i mean it it just created cultural dynamics that were incredible it it creates the the gong created ownership mm-hmm. the gong created accountability uh, there was celebration when the gong, you know, it was double tapped and right. we were done. And and it, we had electronic, we had text messages, we had all kinds of other, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't need the gong for the build breakage. We had, but it was fun. But it was fun. We had, a, yeah, I mean, we had a, we had notices and windows popping up up the wazoo. We mm-hmm. had alarms going off, but the gong was fun. Yeah, and the gong was was owned by the team, if you will. I think we nailed it. Uh, that what we're saying, Metacasters, we're encouraging have fun, have space, create space for it, make it unique. Little things count more than big things. But this Metacast is probably one of the most important Metacasts that we've ever done because this stuff matters more than like what what are you doing with story points or how to estimate properly mm-hmm. or is it Kanban or Scrum? I mean, all of those things are relevant Metacasts. This is the stuff that's going to get you high performance teams yeah. and high productive teams. So from beautiful downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.